Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. Yo, it's your girl, Fresh Love, and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, the myth, the legend, the voice. And as always, I got my man, the 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 uh, uh, the mono to my imano, uh, the, the person I go back and forth with regarding things. Uh, is is Philly Willie, Will T, Illy Philly Willie, uh, but don't call him Chili because um, he, he don't like it very much. Will T, what's going on with you, man? Man, I'm feeling feeling real good, man. You know, I'm I'm, I'm here, I'm live. I'm out here trying to be the 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 Bundini uh, Brown to your to your Ali, man. This, this is this is what we do. Uh, how are you feeling? I, it's it, let me let me give you your intro. The man, the myth, the legend, the voice, the MTMV curator of combat sports. Say that three times fast. How are you feeling, sir? Well, you you know how I'm feeling. Anytime I get to talk about fights, I'm feeling good. I'm, feeling good. I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm chomping at the bit. Outside of, of sharing about the love of Jesus and loving on my kids, this, this, this is it. Hey, man, let's get to it. So starting off, I know we have a quick update on uh, the UFC uh, fight pass. You want to uh, give us an update on that, Boris? Yeah, so um, just before we really got into the show just doing some pre-fight work or should say pre-show work realize that the road to the ufc is going to be shown on ufc fight pass leading up to the ufc 275 event in singapore now what the road to the ufc is is a tournament that uh the ufc is doing the ufc started off as a uh, eight-man tournament and it expanded from there and they're going back to their roots when this was mentioned, everybody was like, oh, the UFC finally is going to do a tournament again because you have the Grand Prix in Bellator. You have the league and the playoff style of the PFL. The UFC has really shied away from tournaments uh, ever since they developed weight classes and started doing some other things. But... They're still shying away from it because we thought this was going to be something within the UFC as a whole. But really, this is uh, more like a contender series or uh, uh, what is the other reality show? The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, But it's a small tournament there in Singapore, which is where UFC 275 will be held as well. It's going to take place uh, over a couple of days leading up to that specific fight card with five fights on each card again it'll be available via fight pass so if you're a fight pass subscriber you'll be able uh to see this and i will not we were talking about it i i was a early adopter to fight pass i have not had fight pass ever since uh espn start carrying it because i had it to see the uh the prelim fights that were not broadcast that was all i had it primarily and then they'd have a card every once in a while you know like every three months or so on it that's why i had it when all that stuff moved to espn it was like okay i have to pay money and i'm paying the the by the same price 
or actually it was less because ESPN Plus was only five dollars uh, a month at that time. It's like five dollars a month versus ten dollars a month, and everything I want to see is only five dollars a month. See ya. So I haven't had Fight Pass for a while. Uh, will I get it this uh, month and just keep it for a month to see it? I don't know. Ten dollars for three fights for three nights that's what three dollars about a little bit over three or a little under 350 a fight card that's not that's not out of the the question i don't know we'll we'll see we'll see it's not like uh (laughs) julius to follow and everybody hates chris that's that's a dollar 27 worth of kool-aid you wasted (laughs) (laughs) in the simplest form do yourself a favor and add to your infinity stones of streaming services and add to the UFC fight. I don't think nobody else is going to Yeah. I, if anything, um, I think they got a seven-day trial. So, mm-hmm. might do that. Might do that. Well, that's, that's all good. We got some great fights for you to get into if you decide not to either way. Uh, starting out in a 10-round main event uh, fight that's actually going to take place uh, Saturday, July 11th in Madison Square Garden Theater. Anchor the Chosen One Berlanga is actually going to be set to fight uh, Romer Alexis Anguillo. Um, now, this bout is actually this bout is actually considered to be extra special because it actually happens the day before the Puerto Rican Day Parade uh, in the city. Um, and if you don't know, Edgar uh, Berlanga is a celebrated, <laughs> celebrated athlete, um, especially, I believe he's actually going to be a part of the parade the next day, so hopefully he gets a win there. Um, Royce, what are your thoughts on this bout, uh, and what should we expect from the Chosen? Well, you should expect excitement because Berlanga is undefeated. And he has been nothing but excitement for his career. Now, he started off like his first 16 fights, knocking people out. In the past three fights, he's won, but he's gone the distance. (laughs) Now, when you look at the people that he's fought in these fights, including someone like Steve Rose, who Triple G knocked out some years ago at a lighter weight. Now, uh, I'm not going to say anything about that because, I mean, it's Triple G. Uh, the fact that they were fighting at 164 versus 167 may have meant that Rose was coming in a bit more depleted. But the hype train kind of s- slowed down when he stopped knocking people out and it started with Rose. And the, the fighters that he has been facing recently have been more seasoned fighters they've been more noteworthy fighters and he's been going the distance with them so it may just be showing that as he's going up in his level of competition his ability to stop people is going down the fact the fact that he's doing this before the puerto rican day parade is phenomenal it's wonderful it reminds you of back in the day when tito trinidad will fight on the day of the parade every year there in new york uh, it was a sight to behold. So him trying to co-op and, you know, get that spirit back. I mean, it'd be better if it was on the day, but hey, you know, beggars can't be choosers. And, and he's not at a point yet where he could do that. Now, he keeps going the way that he's going, though. Uh, and then the, the, the parade, if it is the next day, that's on a Sunday. So that wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't work out that well. But 
if he keeps doing this and you know let's say he teams up with a, a uh, Amanda Serrano next go round you got two New Yorkans in New York uh, the day before the parade come on man but he's got to continue winning and Angulo is nobody's pushover uh, the Colombian was stopped by an overweight Benavidez uh, that was the only time that he's ever been stopped and the only other time that he lost was uh, to the undefeated Gilberto Ramirez in a title fight. So if he is losing, he's only losing to the best of the best at the highest of levels. This is really a, a watershed moment for Berlanga because if he can't get past Angulo and if he doesn't do it in a, a fairly dominant fashion, we may not be talking about Berlanga much longer. Um, this same Angulo took Anthony Sims Jr.'s O back in 2020. So he knows what it's like to derail hype trains. Will he be able to do it again? This fight is the question. And that's what makes watching this fight so very uh, important, or I should say, uh, that's what makes it, it intriguing and definitely something uh, to, to pay attention to. Lots of good fights during this time frame but uh, that's what makes this one one to watch sounds awesome I mean hopefully he's able to pull it out and, and he's able to continue to build on that I do understand what you said like his last three fights they haven't been as convincing as his first uh, his first 16 I believe that you stated so um, definitely looking forward to seeing what happens there and where he goes from there now, on the 11th, also actually taking place at the Honda Center uh, in Anaheim, the undefeated pride of Tijuana, uh, Hami Mungua. Mungia. Is he the pride of Tijuana? Or is that. That's, that's uh, what they say. That's I, I, I thought uh, Canelo was a pride of Tijuana. But okay. They say that he is the pride of Tijuana and he is returning to the Honda Center uh, fresh off his knockout of Demetrius. I'm not even going to call him Big Meech. I'm not even going to do that to myself. Demetrius Ballard. <laughs> and he'll be facing Jimmy Killstrain Kelly uh, with the hopes of going 40-0 and and moving closer to another title about aspiration. Now, Kelly, in his own right, is actually the number four ranked fighter in the middleweight division in the UK. So, voice, a- after his knockout of Ballard, where do you see this bout going? And it, who's really the pride of one of it? Well, uh, again, I, I thought that Canelo was a pride of Tijuana, but you know, I mean, anyone maybe he's the the favorite son of Tijuana. You know, you can make up a whole bunch of stuff of people. Who knows? But um, um, Mungia has been really asserting himself and building a good uh, name for himself, especially with Golden Boy. So they got Mungia and they have Ortiz. Those are their two fighters that um are really bankable or at least are becoming bankable for golden boy with the loss of canelo or should say after the loss of canelo um he's got skills he's got skills he's been doing his thing for a minute uh being mogia and this is going to be very very interesting i know that it's being listed as a middleweight bout but when I was looking on the zone, you know, just getting ready for this, 
it said that it was going to be at super middleweight so i don't know exactly where this fight is being uh contested uh but it's going to be a good fight and a good test for Mungi because he's still building and building so that he can face uh, the the bigger names because Mungi was fighting at 154 so even fighting at 160 is is different and then if his if it is actually listed correctly at super middleweight 168 ooh, that's a, that's a big jump uh, you know Mungi I thought even at 160 would be good for someone like the boogeyman Boo Boo Andra who nobody wants to fight and understandably so he's got phenomenal skills and will make you look silly and the upside is not really there so I get why people aren't fighting him but for Mungia to fight Boo Boo that would be a great fight who should have fought Boo Boo a long time ago was uh was Charlo but that's neither here nor there uh if he continues and this being Andra if he continues to apply his trade at 160, he's looking uh, at Janabek next. And the way that Janabek did uh, uh, Danny Digno, oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I, I had seen Janabek fight before, but I forgot who he was. So I started saying, I was like, oh, that's the dude. That's right. That, uh, um, oh God, I can't think of his trainer's name, but um, uh, Buddy McGirt. That Buddy McGirt. Uh, trains that's right that's the dude oh man that yeah Jenna Beck is no joke but we're talking about Jaime Munguia again though he could face someone like Jenna Beck after this fight if it is indeed uh, contested at 160 Um, I'm not saying much about Kelly because honestly I really couldn't find <laughs> anything <laughs> about him you see he's number four in the UK, that means something because we've talked about uh, how the UK really runs boxing. But even with that being said, when they fight people outside the UK is when oftentimes they really get tested. So we'll see what happens with this fight. It, it, it should be interesting. Uh, if nothing else, it's interesting to see how Jaime Munguia continues to hone his craft as he is uh shooting for uh the greatness that he seems to be destined for it's definitely gonna be uh an exciting fight now from from everything i was reading up on jimmy kelly um is that he's actually just looking to build up uh to become um a a, a challenger to the uh, he was a, he's a former wbo intercontinental super welterweight champion um, so there's not too much about him, so it looks like he looks to be building up his profile. And with a win over uh, the pride of Tijuana, it, it could definitely uh, build upon that, especially in the UK, where uh, it's like a it's like a factory of, of fighters over there. Um, Absolutely, that's definitely great to see. Moving on, UFC 275 taking place at the Singapore. Singapore indoor stadium mm-hmm. it's going to be the place for the co-main event the first you're going to see the ufc light heavyweight championship uh between glover Teixeira and yiri prohaska prohaska yes Oscar. nailed it <laughs> <laughs> and the co-headliner is going to be uh uh Shinaveco, correct 
uh, Shevchenko. So yeah, uh, and, and uh, not Antonina. That's her sister. Um, what's Bullet's first name? Oh God, um, I don't. I can't think. Pull it right now. But uh, Bullet Shevchenko, the <laughs> baddest woman in Valentina. That's it. Valentina Shevchenko, the baddest woman in mixed martial arts right now. Probably the best pound for pound. I will see if. Um, Nunez can reassert her dominance uh, with a victory over Payne. If she can't, then that's Shevchenko's hands down. Uh, yes, yeah, she'll be fighting uh, Talia Santos. Mm-hmm. And you know why she's facing Santos? Why? Because Santos has won a couple fights in a row. Oh. Yeah. So, so does it? Does this have? Uh title implications to, to that also as far as well it's not title implications this is a title fight okay. Shevchenko is the champion and if you can string together two or three wins then you get the opportunity to get demolished by the champion not demolished come demolished on. you gotta give her a chance Santos might come out and dominate we, we don't know you, you're right and anything can happen at any time however the skill set that Valentina has displayed has been leaps and bounds ahead of her competitors. Uh, the, the only person in the UFC to beat her has been Amanda uh, the Lioness uh, Nunez and that was at 135 and honestly to me, I don't think the Valentina lost either one of those fights. They keep saying the first one. It was a split decision. Everyone's was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amanda won it. I was watching that fight without the... Uh, I can remember where I was. I was at the sports bar, and because it was a prelim fight for the pay-per-view, the sound wasn't on. I can remember watching that fight and thinking, boy, she is whooping her from pillar to post. It's like, well, we know who won this fight. And then they raised, uh, uh, they raised Amanda's hand. I was like, what? How that happen? Now the second fight I feel was closer, and I think that was a split decision as well. Um, and I gave it to Valentina because of her activity. She was fighting the whole time. Uh, Nunez wasn't. Were her strikes harder? Yes, but it to me it's kind of it's hard to say. Okay, you hit a person hard twice this round. They hit you. 15 to 17 times and it's not like when you hit them hard you really hurt them or anything it was just it was a more impactful blow so because of the 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 lack of volume it made it harder for me to give it two new years i understand the rules and i understand how things go to me that's just I, it's kind of hard for to win the fight we only fight like 30 seconds that's me um but yeah she she has like the rest of the flyweight division it's probably a good year year and a half to catching up with her. and she's been the champion for like two three years now so this just shows you how good she is not only that she's talking about if if and when she wins this because she's so over destroying these people and it'll be time to recycle through the people she's already destroyed going back up for a trilogy with Amanda if she's to win or uh, taking on Juliana at 135 who she's beat so um, yeah it's uh, 
it, it, it it's yeah Shevchenko uh, Bullet is that woman she is that woman well it's going to be interesting to see because just even reading up on it Santos is saying that she's going to take the fight to the ground because she believes that uh, the, uh, Shevchenko is not able to counter her as much so that I, I think that's an interesting I, even even if I'm at a disadvantage I don't think I was told my opponent that I would just kind of waited to go in if she's as good as, as advertised so that's I mean, going to be what, go ahead, I, I, go ahead. it's going to be interesting to see yeah I, I mean but really when it comes to that aspect of the game it's not that difficult uh, to, to know where someone's going I mean you look at her wins she had a lot of um she had a lot of wins by way of uh knockout early on in her career you know like 2015 seven years ago Mm. but uh since then her wins have been primarily by way of um decision with the exception of her last win being by way of rear naked choke. So she knows she can't stand with her on the feet because nobody has been able to stand with her uh, on the feet outside of Amanda Nunez. Right. So to say, hey, I'm taking it to the ground, it's like, okay, well, we already knew that. You know, so thanks because you'd be silly not to go to the ground, but to think that Valentina can't get it done on the ground or, or that there's a decided advantage there yeah that's uh that's kind of foolhardy because she's got some jujitsu as well and her scrambling is phenomenal i wish i wish people could see the disgust on your face when i mentioned that she's gonna take it to the ground you're just like really but this is it's like- i mean you, you you do what you do uh which is fine uh but so just to enlighten everyone Uh, Because Valentina is definitely an unsung hero among women and among fighters. Uh, When she made the move to 125, back in 2018, she fought Priscilla Cachoeira and it was so... It was such a dominant victory. It was like, dude, should she have even been in there? They they shouldn't have put her in there with, uh, with her. And you know how she won? She won by rear naked choke. She, they were grappling the whole time. Her transitions were beautiful, and she choked her out. So it's not like she doesn't have ground skills. I told her she beat G- Juliana Pena. You know how she beat Juliana Pena with an arm bar. So okay, you're gonna take it to the ground. You act like this lady is just a a a, a, a blue belt on the ground. No, she's got skills. She beat the current champion at 135 on the ground which is where the current champion thrives she likes to get people down to the ground ground and pound them and then you know try to choke them out or just ground and pound them and she armbarred her so you're gonna take it to the ground Ooh, that's such a novel uh (laughs) approach nobody ever tried to do that before i don't even want to keep talking about this one because i don't want to get you upset Let's take a look at the other fight. The other fight between Glover and Yuri. Now, a major subject in this fight is actually uh, the age of Tashir, who's actually 42. Um, he's the oldest first-time uh, champ in UFC history. Mm-hmm. Um, so many feel like 
with his first with his first title defense uh, coming up since his first wins uh, in last October, that this is going to be his last. <laughs> Most people feel that while Yuri is 29 and battling in just his third fight, that the power that he that he provides in in, uh, in matches is something that's just many people have not seen. Um, so, boys, what's your take on this fight? And can Tashir possibly come out victorious in this bout? As um, uh, or I should say, let's think back about 18 or so. Uh, well, no, not quite that long ago, but let, let's think back to the, the beginning of this century of, you know, the 2000s. Uh, there was a, a, a gentleman who screamed to the top of his lungs on national TV. Anything is possible. Yeah, that'd be none other than Kevin Garnett when uh, my beloved Celtics won uh, the championship. Yeah, that, that's right. The big three. I became a, uh, a Celtics fan and specifically because of Ray Allen and the big three. Um, but yeah, so can uh, can Glover do it? Yeah. Because, I mean, literally, that's what all us old folks were screaming when he beat, uh, <laughs> when he, he won the championship. Was like, yeah, anything is possible. Because we have to remember, this is not the first time or when Glover fought and beat Jan for the belt. It wasn't his first rodeo when it came to fighting for the UFC title. He fought against John Jones like so maybe maybe back in 2008 or so maybe around that time frame and got absolutely destroyed absolutely destroyed i think he said john uh messed up his shoulder uh with doing some some uh some uh dirty ish tactics so it's you know is it possible absolutely um you know, I mean, for him to, to become the oldest champion shows that anything is possible. Um, could this be his, his only uh, attempted defense? Because you can't defend it if you don't win. Uh, could he have a cup of coffee with the belt, a la Rashad Evans, a la uh, uh, Lyoto Machida at light heavyweight? Absolutely, because Yuri is a beast. He is an absolute killer. Um, Teixeira probably has the advantage, not probably, he has the advantage on the ground. So obviously he'll be looking to get it there because that would be to his benefit. He don't want to stand with Yuri. Nobody wants to stand with Yuri at, uh, <laughs> at, at 205, not right now. Because, yeah, he, he's a problem. He is an absolute problem. Uh, undefeated in his last five fights and I believe he hasn't lost since he came into the UFC I feel like his last loss was to my man uh, uh, King Mo uh, Mo Lawal and that was in 2015 on New Year's Day I remember that because I I think I hit Mo up was like yo man yeah you won dude congratulations so when they fought again a couple years later uh for the rising championship i just knew mo was gonna take it and he got knocked out so um yeah y- yuri is a problem 
he is an absolute problem and anyone who's trying to stand and bang with him is gonna have a problem <laughs> okay so basically what i'm getting from these two uh co-main event headline uh main event headlines is is that there's going to be a problem in both and it's an uphill battle for either the challenger or the champion so depending on the fight yeah well i can't say no i can't say that in the main event mm-hmm. with prohaska and with uh i was gonna call him vulcan ozamir that's not his name uh, um uh glover to it depends on where the fight takes place glover has found a way to get these fights to the ground uh, uh, Anthony Smith was killing everyone at 205 he just come off of his loss to John Jones and Glover got him took him down to the ground beat him so bad not like the man's teeth out just just made it real bad as I do and he's down there apologizing I'm sorry I had to beat you so bad but they won't stop the fight and He's like, dude, do what you got to do. I understand. It's okay. But, you know, just teeth falling everywhere, just all kinds of uh, stuff going on. So to say that Glover can't win or that he has no chance, it will be foolhardy. Mm-hmm. He's got to get it to the ground, which Yuri knows. Can Yuri keep it standing is the question. Uh, because we haven't really seen anyone challenge him this way since he's been in the UFC. And more than likely, this is the reason why Mo was able to win because Mo's background is a wrestling background. So, um, you know, can he win it? Absolutely. Um, but he needs to get it off the feet. If he keep if it he keeps it standing, yeah, that's an uphill battle. That's an uphill battle. Talia Santos is an uphill battle either way it goes. Well, UFC 275 is going to be exciting either way. But I feel like what's going to make it even more exciting is if we somehow get. A voice marquee matchup for this. What's good, everybody? It's your man, the myth, the legend, the voice. Did you get a chance to catch the MTNV live show this week? Give it a listen to hear all the spicy talk about the hot topics in sports, including the Fight Nights update. Because we love our fight fans so much, I'm adding it to this week's main card. As you enter the Fight Nights update arena, rest assured, when you leave, you will be a champion of combat knowledge. What's good, everybody? It's your man, the myth, the legend, the voice with uh, with my mano e mano, my man uh, in his fields, Will T. What's going on, Will? What's happening, boys? I, I I see you out here uh, playing playing in the stands, sir. And, and this this has to stop. This this has to stop. Your your takes sporting basketball are roughing my feathers. Thank you, my feathers. Um, Again, but I'm going. Feels real. <laughs> I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, the MTMV curator of combat sports, the voice. This sir, we had an amazing weekend in combat sports, and I'm excited to get into this. Uh, let's just jump in. So, last Saturday, Devin Haney stepped into the ring in front of George Kimbosa's home crowd in Marvel Stadium, dominating him via a 12-round decision. 
Now, the win was so convincing that many, including people such as Errol Spence, stated that there should not be a rematch because of the manner that Haney won. So, voice, after that fight, where do these two fighters go, and do we finally get the fight we want to see between Haney and Tank Davis? Is that the fight that we really want to see? I, I thought the we fight do. we wanted to see was Haney versus uh, uh, Garcia. But, yeah, I mean, that, that that's the one that everyone has been pushing for. But mm-hmm. you ask, where do we go from here? We go right back to Marvel Stadium, or I should say Marvel Stadium, in the fall or the winter to do it again. Why? Because it's contracted. And Cambosis knows this is his last shot for a payday. If he does not get the title back, this is the last time he's going to make some money. And for uh, Haney, this is a sweet deal for him because he already walked the guy. He has nothing for him. And if I'm not mistaken, he's on a two-fight deal with Top Rank. So now, uh, with that being done, he, he fulfills his contract with them. He can then go back to promoting his own fights, making uh, the promoter check as well as the fighter check. So it, it, it is the best deal for all parties involved. It definitely sounds good. I, I know after the match, they asked Haney about uh, Ryan Garcia, and he said he has no desire to up his Instagram followers. So he's not really even looking at Ryan Garcia. I think a rematch would be great for Cambosis, but the way that he lost, I, I, I think it's great for Cambosis because he gets an opportunity to try again. But the way he lost, it just kind of seems like maybe he just needs to like go back and maybe maybe have another refresh fight before he comes back yeah, that, to this one. That's why I asked do you because he definitely uh could use a tune up before coming in if for nothing else than for his um his psyche, you know, get getting himself back up to okay, I can't I actually can fight because he looked like a rank amateur in there with Hank. Mm. Well we'll definitely see what happens but I don't think people will be too excited about that rematch. But moving on. So moving on to another rematch that actually happened. Um, after having the match of the year in 2019 uh, in their previous bout, Nayo Inouye. Nayoya Inouye. I practiced this five minutes before we came on. Uh, <laughs> he actually defeated Denair um done there uh actually in a second round knockout yes. didn't uh, live up to his previous fight um were you shocked by how quickly the the fight was ended and i mean after his last few fights does does uh Neo have a, a claim for pound for pound boxing now in a way has been in the uh in the running for pound for pound he's been like right in the mix between one and five which he should stay there and probably a little closer to one than five. Uh, but in a way is a monster. And I wasn't altogether surprised just because since he had that knockdown drag out with Denaire, he's gone on to do what he did to Denaire in the second fight to everybody else. I mean, he has just been thoroughly dispatching everyone else uh, was i hoping for something more like the first fight yes but oh my goodness the way he did it uh young fighters take note the man threw combinations he wasn't looking for the one hit a quitter he hit him and then he kept hitting him until he dropped 
um it, it was it was a thing of beauty had him hurt didn't rush in had him doing a stanky leg real bad uh, about mid-round well it wasn't even mid-round but mid the portion of the round that remained that came in through those combinations it was a done deal well, if, if this ends up being the last fight for Daenerys, I mean, he's definitely a legend. I mean, he's 39 at this point, so I'm not sure if he's going to have too many more fights left in him. Uh, but definitely, definitely a legend. Um, finally, this Saturday, live from the Singapore Indoor Stadium uh, in Singapore. So UFC 275 will take place, and it will feature two championship bouts. But it seems the two championship bouts are not what we're focused on since we have the Voices marquee matchup. Boys, tell us about this matchup and why you're so excited about it. Well, as I shared with you on uh, the main card before, there are a couple different criteria that make up the Voices marquee matchup. One being excitement. This was the fight of the year in 2019. So you have the excitement factor. Two being title implications and now Dana White has said that the winner of this matchup will fight for the title next they will face Carla Esparza for the fight for the title and it makes sense they're both former champions Jean Wei Lee was a form is a former champ Joanna Jendrzejczyk is a former champ the only person that they've lost to is Rose, and Rose is not sniffing a title about anytime soon with that stinker that she just had with Carla Sparza. So it makes sense uh, to to have this fight again. Um, yeah, it, it, it's absolutely fantastic. I love it. I cannot wait to see it. This is why I chose it as a voice marking match in the first place was because I knew that it very well should be an exciting fight. And I knew that title implications should be on the line. And Dana just confirmed it. He must be listening to the main card. He's like, you know what? Hold on. Voice marking message about that. You know, let me just go ahead and say that that they're that the winner's gonna uh gonna get the belt. I mean, the voice has already put the stuff out there. So uh salute to you, Dana, for you know, uh take taking some tips from, from your man, the myth, the legend, the voice. We'll, we'll keep that on the low though. It, it wouldn't hurt for him to, to, to listen to a boxing and combat sports genius. So uh, definitely thank you for your thoughts, boys. Listen, if you want more of this and want to hear it, definitely listen out for the main card. Or you'll get the fight night updates every Wednesday on MTMV Sports. This is me, Will T. Apparently, I'm emotional today. And the man, the myth, the legend, the voice. <laughs> we out. Well, UFC 275 is going to be exciting either way. But I feel like what's going to make it even more exciting is if we somehow get a voice marquee matchup for this. Yeah. Tell me you got one for us, Will. Do I ever? Do I ever? It, it, it's almost like cheating on this one because they put it on the poster and they put it, this fight on the poster for a reason. Uh, we talked about in the last episode how um, Nonito Donaire's fight with Naoya Inouye was the fight of the year in 2019 for boxing. In 2020, the fight of the year and it wasn't because of covid and uh so many fights falling out no this one would have done it anyway was sean way lee and joanna yenzlechek going five hard rounds i mean oh my goodness it, it, it seemed like the fight could have stopped 
at any moment on either side. It's like when you think one person is is going down, then all of a sudden they come back and then oh my goodness, oh my goodness, it was it, it was an absolute masterpiece. I mean, I was in the sports bar with other folks standing and clapping when the fight was done. We're in the sports bar. They can't hear that. They somewhere else in the world, but we were standing and clapping because it was such a phenomenal, phenomenal fight. Zhang Wei Li literally changed the appearance of Yanni and Slaychek. Connie said, <laughs> I laugh, but I really don't want to laugh. It's just a knee jerk reaction. He said that Zhang Wei Li made JJ look like Megamind and when you look at the pictures of her before the fight and after the fight he's got he's got some validity or I should say he's got reason to make that statement and again I laugh because you say Megamind and it just makes me laugh but it's not a laughing matter when you look at what she looked like I mean literally her head was like two times bigger than it was when she came into the fight and she looked totally different uh, we we hear that when Jesus was beat, he was beat beyond recognition. Um, I, see. I okay, you saw, you just saw, yeah. I'm not gonna say she was beyond recognition, but you say, whoa, what happened to you? I got into a fight with John Wei Lee, but what it doesn't show is how much of a fight she also gave to John. It's a it is a disservice to fight fans that this is only three rounds. This should be a five round fight. Yeah, because if I'm not mistaken, Wei Li only won the Wei Li won the first uh, bout uh, by split decision, correct? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a yeah. knockout. It was just man, like she was really just kind of taking it to her. They were both taking it to each other. It's just that um, uh, she came out. Joanna uh, came out much worse for wear, uh, as far as looks are concerned, than Jean uh, Wei Li did. And from even reading up on it, you even get the fact that many feel as though it's arguably the literally the greatest fight in women's mixed. Oh market. yeah, hands down, hands down. There's not been a fight greater than this fight ever, and it's gonna take an absolute masterpiece to do it. When you were, it, it was the kind of fight that you were watching it, you knew that this was special. You knew that you were gonna remember where you were when this took place i mean as soon as it was done it was like oh this is a hall of fame fight <laughs> like they're, they're going into the hall of fame in a couple of years for this fight because it was just that phenomenal so yeah like i said it, this is kind of a cheat but it's definitely the voices marquee matchup because uh the it has title implications it has all the makings of being uh a fight of the night candidate and the the action it if they just do half of what they did last time, it still probably be up for fight of the year. Because it was just oh, it's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm sure that, that the UFC will put it out uh, soon before it takes place. If you have not seen this fight, go find this fight and watch it. You will thank me. Wow. I've, voice, I feel like we can't do any better with, with ending it there because that, that's amazing. So UFC 275, if you don't get a chance, you heard it from the voice, definitely please find a way to watch the fight. You get two great cold main event matchups and you get a return of arguably the greatest uh, women's mixed martial artist 
uh, going at each other again. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, if you enjoy this and you love this, please, please make sure that you tune in to MTMV Sports Wednesday at 9 p.m. so that you can get the fight night update because while we're talking about everything on the main card here, we'll give you a little razzle-dazzle, you know, on Wednesday nights just to hold you over until uh, our, our next uh, main card episode. Uh, so, voice, any final thoughts? Anything you want to end this with? Take us out, sir. Uh as I stated at the end of the last show, we got a lot of great stuff uh, coming in June. You know, we, we haven't even dealt with the fact that the PFL is coming back and Kayla Harrison is going to be facing Julia Budd, which is arguably the most difficult fight in her career. And that's on ESPN2. What? We, we get to just watch that on ESPN2? Uh, and let's see. Does does doesn't the Toronto fight this month? Yeah, I think I think that does happen. And then we got Bellator coming up at the end of the month with the Moose taking on uh, the Human Chico. We 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 got that going up. Yeah, man. June uh Junus is going to be an excellent 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 month of fights as we've had uh in the past couple months. I mean, dude, since spring has sprung. We've had some great fights. Sounds good, uh, and that that's that's crazy coming off an amazing May that we just had, full of fights there. Also, uh, get your lemonade, get your snacks, just get comfortable. Make get sure your two TVs. Cool. Be like your man, the voice. Get your two TVs so you can see the boxing and the MMA at the same time. There you go. Just just get comfortable. Don't go nowhere. And make sure you tune in so that we can make sure that we can provide you all the updates, all the behind the scenes information that you need. Uh, once again, it's your man, Will T. The myth, the legend, the voice, the main card, MTMV Sports. Yeah.